Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com. Or on Facebook at Saddies LLC. And tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to help you become a better hunter. We believe that mobility kills and efficiency will set you free. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. My name is Rick Cates. I'm your host this evening, and we are back for another episode in the series of Anatomy of a Miss. If you joined us last time, uh, I met with Chris Leppert to discuss the miss on uh, his deer in Ohio this past year. And I wanted to foray that into another guest that we've had on the podcast before. You know him. You love him. It is Mr. Jacob Emery. How you doing tonight, man? I'm great, buddy. Good to hear from you. And glad to hear from you, too. So, uh, like we were talking a little bit just a little bit ago, this is something <laughs> that uh, when when people's names pop into my head, it's it's never like one of those things when I contact them like, oh, hey, let's talk about a heartbreaking moment. Uh, it's never <laughs> it's never a fun thing. But uh, I like we were talking about it is a it is a big part of hunting. And I, I like for people to kind of be walked through these things. So um, I guess, you know, we've given your background on this podcast quite a bit. If you've not ever listened to Jacob on any of our episodes, uh, we have plenty of turkey episodes with him. We have a couple deer episodes with him. Uh, go back and check our library. There's plenty of episodes to kind of get to know Jacob, um, the hunter, the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, the creator of DO3 Outdoors. Yeah, the, <laughs> the legend. He says, <laughs> "Hey, man, you you uh you're you're a hell of a hunter, and uh, as as I've gotten to know you, you're a hell of a good guy. So I want I want people to I want people to view you the same way. Yeah, I try to at least be the the good guy. I'm I'm normally decent at that." Um, the hunter part mm, up and down <laughs> as the years go on. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's kind of get into this. So I've got a set of questions here that I I'd ask everybody as we go through this podcast. Um, and we'll just kind of dive into it. So, uh, the miss, if you can tell us year, date and season that, the shot that you think that people know about need to know about occurred all right let me let me get myself prepared okay i need to be i need to remember this <laughs> barely oh man so it was uh it was this past fall it was uh 2023 obviously 
it was really the first good cold front that we got that was nearing that the better days of hunting you know in mm-hmm. the midwest you're looking at the last four or five days of october leading into november um it was actually november 1st um that's when uh that's when it happened november 1st so it was if, I, if i'm not mistaken that was we it got real blustery right right about then right like it, it yeah. was it, it had just it had just moved in because halloween if i'm not mistaken was cold again this year so it was you know i had just i was i was preparing for deer camp at that time so when you give a little context of this deer so i named him the horse buck and i'm i get to where like years ago like i almost would poke fun at people that name their deer Mm because it's like if you're going to be that intimate with them you should buy a ring and marry them i mean i don't know (laughs) um but it's it's to a point where you know me and another buddy that hunt this area it's the only way like we can keep up with like, what deer are we talking about? You know, mm-hmm. um, we share camera info. We, I think we even share login info as far as some of our cell cameras. Uh, we, we really target these deer hard in this area and there's no Intel hidden. Um, it's all you go kill them. No, you go kill them. Um, it's, it's a really good relationship, but this buck have had him on camera the last three seasons, um, three years ago, wasn't anything that i was really like targeting but he was a he was a very frequent deer he was he's a chaser to his core like Mm -hmm. that that's i will get into it later but i was so worried after it happened like okay well somebody else is going to kill him in 30 minutes because he don't know how to just stay away from people but uh last year i had the buck come run in um 40 yards um right beside they just ran right paralleled me couldn't get him to stop um ended up snort wheezing he snort wheezed at me back it got dark on me before he ever made it in he made it all the way to like 20 yards and it was so dark like i'm not scared to take a a a pretty dark shot as long as Mm -hmm. it's legal um but like even then i was like oh god i mean this is too dark for me and plus filming hunts you you really try your best to you know bring those hunts out to people and then you're going to have your guys on there screaming like well you shot him in the dark which you don't nobody understands like camera light versus what you can see is like two Correct. totally different things um but lots of trail camera pictures of him last year um i've got a whole album of this deer pictures and videos there's over like 300 pictures of him last year wow uh, over 100 of those are daylight activity and he was very frequent visitor um to some of my well-known scrapes uh my buddy that hunts out there with me had him in bow range three or four times chasing a doe throughout november and he could not just get him to stop um ended up having him come by me again on opening day of kentucky gun season um i was bow hunting at that time and i don't remember if you do you remember last year it no, two years ago, excuse me. It we had this crazy snow. Yes. It was it was unreal. Like I remember walking in and it was just starting to snow. Yep. And by the time I was set up, I was covered. I had my Sitka fanatic jacket on and that Berber fleece. Like it was just like sticking to me, but not like yep. thawing. I could shake and it would just fall off me. I had to do that like 10 or 15 times in the stand. And that buck actually ended up walking right by me without me seeing him 
till it was too late because of the snow. Like if you've never hunted in a super hard snow, like you don't understand how, like you can't hear anything. Like you have to constantly Correct. be scanning. And it's so easy to be, you know, watching this or watching that or, or whatever. And, and he made it by me and ended up with su- like super hard quartering away at 35 yards. I didn't take the shot, obviously. And um, he ended up walking out of my life. And that was the last time I saw him that year in person. But this year he was the first good mature deer to show up. Uh, I'm assuming he's five years old this year. Once again, all over the place, hitting all the well-known scrapes in daylight, um, even in like mid-October. We don't see a lot of that. I know, you know, like we talked about Jake Bush a little bit before the podcast started. It's like he's finding these deer coming down, hitting these well-known scrapes. I'm telling you right now, it's it's all relative to where you live because the best scrapes that I have on this particular piece of public, I can run a camera there from now until next December on a battery pack and they're not going to touch it, not even the licking branch until mid-October next year. Like they just, they don't do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just because they summer somewhere else or not, you know, I I have trouble picking these deer up. And like I said, it's all relative and deer do different things, you know, even 20 miles apart. And I I can't explain it. I don't think nobody can, but that's just the way it works out. But like I said, he, he was pretty frequent all year long, kind of showing up on some of his his typical spots. And I kind of, I don't know, I was trying to bank my days this year. I, like, I really didn't have a huge drive to get out and hunt a lot. I was kind of just letting it soak and, and letting the deer feel like they're not being pressured. You know, cameras mm-hmm. were out, but I was trying to like save my best day so to speak with the wife to just hit it hard like yeah they don't they don't understand you know it's going in mid-september or early october is not the same hunting a week then versus hunting a week you know from the 30th of october to the 5th of november is two totally different things it's not if it's when you're gonna get your chance it's gonna happen if you put yourself in a good opportunity um so I was actually in between switching contractors. I had a few days off and um, November 1st was the first time I actually went into target that buck along with a couple other deer on that place that, that are actually better score wise. Wow. Okay. So, he, so I mean, go ahead. No, he, he's just, he's just the one that I've already had like encounters with. And it's like, he kind of got beef with him. It's like, dude, I want you, you know? <laughs> so, so what you're talking score wise, like what's, what do you think this, uh, this deer is at what's antlers look like, you know, kind of, kind of give a visual. He last year was just a, a regular mainframe eight. My cat just jumped up here and put his butthole right in my face and I almost <laughs> wobbled him. Um, but anyways, uh, he, he kind of grew a three-point side this year, real tall, and he had some trash on the other side. I think he was actually a nine this year. Um, not a really high-scoring deer, probably right around the 140 mark. Okay. But he's that five-and-a-half-year-old, just giant. And if anybody's seen the video uh, or a trail camera picture of him, he's he's probably a 275-pound deer. Like Jeez, he, looked, he looked like he jumped on a train from Iowa and got dropped off over here in Kentucky. <laughs> Jeez, a Pete's man. So, so you're in there November 1st. 
and you're in the tree. Give us the the rundown of what exactly happens and then what happens up until the point when you draw back. Okay. So the first thing that I screwed up on is if anybody's watched my hunts over the years, I've had a lot of really close encounters. I really pride myself on getting close to the deer and targeting them pinch points to where I don't have to worry about, oh, he's 40 or he's 50 or he's 60 yards out. He's he's either coming by me or he's not. Uh, so this particular hunt, the reason I had picked out this area was I had had pictures of one of the bigger deer on the far side of this place. And historically, I'd had pictures of him the same day up high in the topo on a certain bed so basically Hmm. i put myself right in between those two but it was wide open timber normally you know a lot of guys wouldn't want to hunt wide open timber i normally don't matter of fact i can't even remember the last time i've sat somewhere i could see you know up to 200 yards through the woods Mm -hmm. just not Mm -hmm. me i don't like it um but i picked out that spot basically put a pin here on spartan forge and a pin here and drew a line and i'm like Somewhere on this line is where I want to be. I kayaked in, um, kept the wind good, my access pretty good, climbed the tree, set up my elevate stand, and I had sat there pretty much all morning seeing does, seeing small bucks. I decided to rattle about an hour and a half after daylight. And normally I would like to get down and rattle, make it sound more realistic, because yeah. you've got to be, you got to be super careful. Um, it, you want to sound as realistic as you can, because if that deer is in earshot and he's hearing you clack them antlers together, like, you know, Michael Waddell sitting in Texas, you know, <laughs> when you hear a deer rattle, you're hearing the hoofs, you're hearing the thrashing mm-hmm. going on. You don't hard, you hear the bone cracking, but you don't hear it near as much as you hear that other stuff. So I try to be careful when I do that. Uh, but it's funny in the video, you can actually see me fooling with my main camera and I'm rattling and he's coming through the, Oh, like you can just barely see him just sneaking in between the trees. He covers 50 yards in that time period before I ever see him. And he is so pissed off coming in that like, had he just like stopped and took a, like look around, like he'd have seen like, there's nothing going on up there. Mm -hmm. He was just that. So he can't even hear if it's fake or not. You know what I mean? Like he's done decided like I'm going to kick somebody's ass. So I turn and just catch a glimpse of him. And that's when the panic started because when you do this shit and you're self filming, Mm -hmm. you got to think about where am I going to put my antlers and how am I, where am I going to get my shot or, you know, so first things first, I'm like, crap, he's already 65 yards. And I've got to find where to put these antlers. So I'm like turning, trying to watch him and trying to set these antlers down. I almost dropped them. Finally got them laid across my backpack. Then I'm trying to get my camera off of slow-mo mode where I'm over here taking cool cinematic video of the antlers, which always do that crap after. (laughs) Like, don't worry about that stuff right then. Learn that lesson the hard way. So I'm over here trying to switch it. I'm taking pictures on accident, finally get it to video mode, hit record, swing it over to my right. And now he's about 45 yards. So 
I'm having to reach back and grab my bow and, and pull it out in front of me. And like all this time, all he has to do is just stop and look up. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not very high off the ground. Normally I'm a one sticker. I put like three elevate sticks on a tree that day, climbed up, hung the stand. It was going to be an all day sit. Um, but at this point, I've got my bow in my hand. I'm like, okay, I think I'm actually going to get a shot, but he's getting to that point where the wind is blowing right to where he's walking. And I don't know exactly if it's, you know, went this way or that way, just a touch, mm -hmm. but I'm like, you don't let a five-year-old deer get that chance. So there's one tree to draw back on. And I mean, I just jerk it back as hard as I can and I get set and I had to try to stop him three times before he finally stopped. Okay. So he comes to, he, you, you jerk, you jerk back, get set in your tree. The deer is at how many yards at this point? <laughs> he is at 36 yards. He's at 36 yards. So now comes the part that we, that, that everyone's going to ask questions about. You put the pin on him at 36 yards, correct? Yep. And you release. Yep. As soon as you release, did you know that the arrow was going to miss? No, it looked, it looked gorgeous. Like it was like, it looked like I was going to tin ring him in the heart. He was quartered to me. Go lay down Wally. My dang dog. God dang. Uh, <laughs> he was quartered to me just a touch. And it looked like I was going to heart shoot him. And I've watched the video back multiple times and I slow it down as my, I was zoomed out quite a bit. So when you zoom it in or crop it, it's kind of grainy, but I mean, if, I mean, I might've cut the hairs off the back of his, like, like his oh. armpit area, like maybe like it mm -hmm. was, it was that close. I was shooting a trophy Ridge react one single pin. And I've had it for a couple of years and it's, it stays on 20 yards because that's normally what I'm shooting. I own a range finder. I ranged a couple different trees that morning, but the beauty of it is, is it's hectic and it mm -hmm. happens fast. And I barely remember to breathe when that's happening, yet alone like, Oh, I ranged that tree earlier. It was 35 yards or, or the stump was 40 or this was 20, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so you're watching the arrow. You think that this deer is just going to get heart shot and the arrow sails and you miss. Yep. What are your emotions immediately following the miss? So the emotions, I wasn't mad at myself. It was, it was so hectic because now this deer runs off. He doesn't know what happened. He stops out there at a hundred yards. I'm just trying to get another arrow set on my bow. Mm -hmm. And then I'm hearing deer behind me. I'm turning around. Here comes three more bucks from different directions coming in. And I'm trying to figure out is, is, is any of these a shooter? Like just stay calm. Like you might get a shot at another one. And this goes on for like 20 minutes to where, you know, they all come by me looking for the, the source of the sound and, all of them were, you know, right at a hundred inch deer. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't really get upset with myself 
until later on that day. And I know I'll explain, you know, absolutely later on why, but yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't too bad at first. Like I, I didn't feel too bad about it. It was like, it's November 1st. I, this is my first like legit, like I went in here to kill this deer and I had a shot at him. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so like you said, it's hectic. The thought that you have immediately following that miss is get another arrow in the bow. There's other deer coming. You might still have it. You might still have an opportunity here. Yeah. And then after about 20 minutes of sitting there, adrenaline still, I imagine peeking out, nothing happens. Right. So up until that point, you gave us kind of an idea of what your season was like. Um, start, uh, going into a little bit about the emotion. Like you said, I got, I wasn't upset at myself then it wasn't until later. Give me an (laughs) idea of like what, what you meant by that. So later on, I actually circled back. I climbed down, went, checked the arrow, of course, uh, packed up my stuff and got out of there. And I come in from a different access point to hunt that afternoon i kind mm-hmm. of went like towards where he went when i pulled into that parking lot and seen 12 different vehicles there oh my god my heart sank and i'm like you just like i've never seen pressure like that before there and I, i'm like that then i'm sick i'm like congratulations now there's this many other people in there hunting all your deer that you've watched for years which they're not my deer right but you know I know that I st- I'm out there more than anybody. I like I know this. Like I would know if there's more people out there. So it feels like <laughs> I don't know. I feel helpless to to an extent. Like I missed this deer. I boogered him. He's already like he's an aggressive deer. He comes into calling, mm-hmm. and he chases does like he's a two year old. And and it's like there's all these people in here right now. One, I feel sick because I'm going to walk past people probably this afternoon. I don't like messing other people up. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I was just worried he was going to get killed. And if he did, you know, it was going to be part of it. But, um, yeah, that, that's when it sank in. Like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> all these people here on November 1st, and it's not even the best time yet. Yeah, I screwed up big time by missing Re- that deer. Reality really started setting in at that point. Oh, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com. Or on Facebook at Saddies LLC and tell them the Mobile Hunter podcast sent you. Man, Ugh. so like you you go and you have you have that evening hunt, and are like when you're when you're in your stand that night, like are you recalculating everything in your head 
the entire time at that point? Or are you even focused on the hunt? Uh, I, re- I sat there on my phone rewatching the shot. I watched it like 500 times. And borderline, you know, the bottom line of it is, is I didn't take the time to, to figure out how far the deer was. I didn't have time to figure out how far the deer mm-hmm. was. I, I didn't have time to pull a range finder out and range this deer that's coming in. I used my gut on how close he was, and I, I shot him for, you know, I put my 20-yard pin on this deer. It was 36 yards. Yeah. And I still barely missed him. Jeez. You know, and some of that is he he did react to the shot, but it's not <laughs> a lot. But, you know, just if I had time to just squeeze that thing down to 30, he's a dead deer. Like, mm-hmm. no, no problem, you know. So do you blame yourself or do you blame the equipment? Oh, it, I blame the situation because I, I've always been really good about making a shot count. And I don't know if it's just because they've all been so close. Um, but that deer coming in as quick as he did with me being hectic, trying to, you know, get my stuff settled, get the camera on him and get, you know, just everything ready for the shot. That paired with that size of a buck. Mm-hmm. You do like you do not realize how much closer a deer looks than he is, and I haven't seen a lot of big deer like that size of body deer in my life. That's the biggest body deer I've ever like come in contact with. Mm-hmm. I killed my twenty twenty one buck in that area. He was pretty close to the same size. This buck probably has him by thirty pounds still, and it was just like the deer looked like he was twenty five yards to me because he was so big. Because he was his body so big. Yeah. Um, you know, you pair that with how quick everything happens. Um, and it is what it is, dude. So what is like up until that point in the season, what does season prep look like with your weapon and, and, you know, going through everything, like what, what does that look like, you know, going into the season, you know, like you said, you, you try to hunt a specific way. Most years you, you keep your, your pin on 20, like give me an idea and give the listeners an idea of what it's like for you uh for prep work for the season man i'm kind of a bow whore like i literally will i get a new bow almost every single year it's just <laughs> the way i am a matter of fact i got a notification on ebay an hour before this podcast that i sold my matthews tactic nice congratulations yeah yep, i sold the site with it i was like peace get out of here i'm going <laughs> back to a multi-pin um but i, I sold that bow and I, i'm sitting here looking at a, a mossberg pistol grip 20 gauge in green leaf. And I'm like, Hmm, I think this is what I'm going to spend my money on now. Uh, but Chris is going to cringe when he listens to this because I don't go crazy on shooting my bow all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the time to do it a lot. Um, I always make sure to get it nice and dialed in. I'm very careful with my equipment. I don't drop it. I don't beat it on anything. I keep it in my truck. Um, I shoot it just as much as as I need to until I feel comfortable, and then I I pretty much just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And I keep I keep three arrows in my driveway and a target in my backyard. And if I go on an afternoon hunt, I grab those arrows, and I shoot my target, and then I'm good. Morning hunts, just pray to Jesus that nothing is off. You know, <laughs> I I can understand that wholeheartedly. So when you you know I I I, li- I like how you know, we have two contrasting kind of viewpoints here between, you know, Chris and how he prepares for the season and kind of how you prepare for the season. So, you know, it gives everyone an idea that you, you can't, you can't do things more than one way. Um, 
this leads this leads back into a little bit more about this particular hunt with this miss did it ruin hunting for you during the season yeah um things honest to god they they really weren't the best at home um just stuff with the kids and you know life and work and you know when things aren't right there or perfect there i i don't feel really that great going into the woods Mm -hmm. and then that happens and it just put me in this downward spiral um i it put me in a funk and and i don't honest to god i don't think i ever come out of it like Mm -hmm. even you know i ended up tagging a buck later on in the year but i just didn't feel that sense of accomplishment because of screwing up on this deer not only once but twice and we can get to that later yeah he literally watched me you know come down a tree like a stripper on a pole like it was it was embarrassing i'm halfway down the tree well my mad rock and i hear something walking turn around and that's the next time I seen that deer and the last time I seen that deer this entire season. <laughs> so what what day was that on? So he disappeared that morning. Zero trail camera pictures of him until the morning of November 11th. Um I was actually I was walking into an area close to a private line. Um been having some deer frequent that area. There's a really good scrape right there. I was basically going to just kind of sit that little transition point and I was getting pictures of him four or 500 yards off. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. Like he's alive. Great. Hunted all morning long, had to get down to get home to get my kids by a certain time. And there's, that's the most terrifying feeling is packing your shit up in November mm-hmm. because it's like any second. Any second I'm going to get the minute I, the minute I drop this bow to the ground and I pack my bag, put everything on. I'd had an encounter with two good deer that morning, just couldn't get them to commit, just chasing does hard. I dropped my bow to the ground. I'm repelled, repelling down. I got my platform in my hand, hook it on me, get about 10 more feet down, and I hear that. And I'm like, I don't even want to look. So I actually like look between my legs. And like he's walking and walking and walking and he just appears right below me and he just looks oh up my God. and he just, he comes unglued, like freaks the hell out and runs straight to the private line. And it was about 10 minutes after I was starting my walk out, I heard a gunshot. Oh um, no. And I'm like, I'm, I, I was just sick. Like at that point, like I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, the funk just, it got worse from there and uh he did show back up so he didn't get shot he did not get shot that i know of he showed okay. up a few more times in december and i can't even remember the last time that i seen him but i'm sure he's still out there somewhere so i mean the next question and you kind of alluded to it like do you begin questioning what you're doing and how you're doing it at these points oh yeah i I I wonder all year long, like you, it's not really pressure. It's more like I'm pressuring myself with this YouTube and everything. And I'm nobody. I just want to make that very clear to everybody. I do have some people that watch my stuff and I really try to bring more content out there. Mm -hmm. It brings partnerships. It brings friendships and, and camaraderie. And I love it. And that's why I do it. Um, that and one day if something happens to me, my kids can look back and watch all these things. Yeah. But, but yeah, dude, I, I, I just never could come out of it. I, 
I'm like, I'm losing my touch. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of really good hunters that are successful every single year. It seems like I talked to Jake about it last year. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter how hard you scout. It doesn't matter how much time and money you invest. It doesn't matter how many big deer you've killed in your life. There's just a couple of years where it just ain't in your cards. And it's, it's, it's time to learn instead of kill. Absolutely. And I, learned, I learned a lot last year. So, so that, that's, that leads right into the next question. Like, what do you do to begin course correcting on this? Like from your, from your kind of standpoint and where you're at now and where you were at, like what, what is course correction for Jacob Emery look like on this? Uh, just got to pull up Taylor Swift and shake it off, man. Just start, <laughs> start fresh. You know, um, I didn't really take a course of correction as far as like shooting my bow or anything, because it was just, it was just a, the situation that got me screwed up. And I knew that if I got a good deer within 20, 25 yards, that, that I was going to, I was going to tend ring him. Um, so it was just getting to that, that point was, that was the hard part last year. Um, that my spot, uh, I talk, talk to Chris about this place all the time. My place in Indiana, that's the most faithful pinch point that I've ever found in my life. I went in mid October to hang a camera in there. I normally don't hang a camera. Um, I found four dead deer over 120. Just Are you serious? EHD wrecked that area. And the camera is oh. still sitting there to this day. And it did not produce a deer over 100 inches from mid-October to this day. Oh, my gosh. That's sickening. No, it's it's sickening because that's like I didn't, I didn't scout Indiana last year at all because mm-hmm. that's my spot. Like, I know, like, I, I don't have to go scout Indiana. Like, that's my spot. I'm going to have a good deer come through there at some point in November, and I'll be sitting there on the wind that it takes to kill a deer there, and I'll get him. So I had no prior scouting in Indiana for any other areas. You know, now we're talking like mid-November mm-hmm. after I spooked that deer off, and it's like I'm, I'm in full panic mode because I hate late season. Like I, I really don't like it at all. Some mm-hmm. guys love it. Some guys are hunting the freaking standing cornfield in the redneck, you know, box blonde, and that ain't me. <laughs> And no, no, it's not. No, it's not. So how long, and this is, this is kind of a loaded question. Like what does redemption look like for you? And do you feel like you've gotten there or do you feel like you, it hasn't come yet? I don't think it's going to come until I shoot a couple turkeys in the face. Um, no um i don't know man like i'm over it now you know it's just a deer there's so many more things in life that actually matter um we're just a small group of people that you know this is our lives i I don't get too worried about it but I, i do feel like next year i will redeem myself um i learned a lot about that deer this year i learned a lot about my bigger deer that i was also targeting and I feel confident next year going into that area and making the best days count. Absolutely, man. You br- you brought up a good point earlier, and and this is this is something that I think that a lot of people don't um, don't consider is that when one area of our life isn't like going great, it like bleeds into a lot of other areas of our lives. You know, I can I can think of you know plenty of times where I'll head to the woods knowing damn good and well that my kids are 
acting up and I'm not focusing on the hunt like I need to. It's like, because oh I'm God, worried yes. about getting text messages about your kids <laughs> doing this and this, or like I've got all this other shit that I need to get done for work or things like that. And it's, it's a real, I love hunting because you're alone with your thoughts, but there's a lot of times where you can hate hunting because you're alone with your thoughts and yeah. it can, it can be the most peaceful thing. But then when a situation like this happens, it can also be one of the most stressful things. So like be that as it may, like you said, you feel like redemption will probably come in the spring turkey <laughs> hunting, which I'm, I'm, I'm completely stoked for. But if, like for for deer season next year, do you think that you're going to do anything different, or do you, you just kind of wipe it clean and say that was last year? I can go back in and do the same thing, and I just need to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's not like changing a whole lot. It's more like just tweaking my access on some places. Mm -hmm. um places that i've maybe bumped into deer um new beds that i've discovered you know um just tweaking the things that i do next year i'm not in a big hurry to get in there like i do every year i, I get in there you know late august september and hang these cameras and they are a dud until mid-october and then they're in the wrong spots um my goal next year is you know if i haven't had a, a target deer show up on my private which I'll, I'll tell you why i'm focusing on some private next yeah year, but, yeah um i'll just go in there and find the hottest sign in, in late october and and just start hunting it and just and just tweak what i've learned over the last like five or six years of hunting the place and and just see what happens that's all you can do so so go into this this idea like because i mean you're a pretty big public land guy like i mean so go go into talking a little bit more about <laughs> private piece here uh, so, so my stepmother, her parents own a hundred acres, um, in my hometown of Kentucky, and I don't really mess with it a lot. It's just, it's got way too high doe numbers. If you come out, I come out, Chris and Josh come out, everybody killed 10 does. It would maybe be good. Like as far as the buck doe ratio, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but me and. Stephen Fuller of the Hunting Grounds come out yeah. to Indiana this year. He literally knocked on a door this past spring, got permission to turkey hunt, missed a gobbler 20 minutes later, ended up coming back to the same property and deer hunt this year. <clears throat> he killed a freaking buck the first 20 minutes. I was like, wow. I hate you. Like, I literally <laughs> I hate your guts. <laughs> you show up after an eight-hour drive, sleep for two hours in a Walmart parking lot, and kill a buck. And it was a good one. Um, but he ended up, you know, having an Airbnb booked and we was like, you know, let's go hunt. I took off a couple of days from work. I was like, let's go out to my private piece. I was like, I honestly want to take out like a hundred pounds of corn, spread it out. Just see what's here. There's no point in hunting over corn in that property because they are going to, they'll, they'll get you. It's, it's hard to explain like how the property looks, but you can't access it very well at all. So I'm going to have to do some work, but mm -hmm. we put out that corn, put a camera on it, just. You know, and I was like, let's just do what I do this every year. I do it once a year. I go out there, I sit down, I'll rattle, and I'll call in some deer. Might call in a good buck, might not. We started doing this along this property. Ended up calling in a buck, and I shot and hit a limb, and I grazed him. And I pulled a camera, 
a card off a camera that was on a food plot that I had, had messed with um, in mid-September, put out like 150 pounds of winter wheat and some some clover that would probably come back up uh, this spring. Um, and I had a giant on it. Really? I mean, like, oh yeah, like a mid-70s deer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if not better. Like, he might he might be pushing the 80s. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I had him in there. It, it was late October. Then he walked through the food plot on opening day of gun season in Kentucky. Oh, my God. Oh, I was pissed at myself. <laughs> I'm like, when am I going to learn to put a dang cell camera out here so I know when a good deer's here? <laughs> you know, because it's, it's pretty far from my house. But checked another camera. He was on that camera. And ended up killing my Kentucky buck um, the following day on that same WMA where I missed that buck. Okay. Then the giant buck starts showing up on my private property every single day in daylight. Oh, my gosh. Somebody, please hang me. (laughs) This cannot be happening. Like, like I don't want to kill a big deer over corn. But, damn it, I would do it. You know, I would, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And there's a lot of guys that say they wouldn't. They're full of crap. Period. <laughs> you are you are so full of crap, dude. Um, but that deer is like a big focus next year. I'd like to see if I can pick him up early season. And if he can, like that's going to be that's my goal. Like I I want to kill that deer. Um, I'll send you some pictures after we get off here. But he's a, yeah, please do. He's a freaking beauty, dude. So I mean, like this. I mean, this this season just sounds like it compounded, <laughs> like through throughout throughout the entire time. Man, this is uh, this is this is that's crazy. I, I'm kicks, I'm kicks to the nuts, spaced out evenly from week to week. One well, good swift kick to the nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. But I guess a, a good takeaway from this is is that like you now have more intel regarding things that you wouldn't have had had you killed that buck too. I mean, right. given like that's a silver lining in the situation and everything, but there's also this reality now where you have an understanding of what these deer are doing on a on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if you could give like anyone of our listeners a little bit of advice, like like one piece of advice that is burned into your memory after this miss, after this hunt, after this season, what, what would that be? Uh, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Just keep your chin up. You know, it's just deer. Like it, it is honestly just a deer. Um, and it's sometimes you're a hero and you go years of being a hero and everybody like looks up to you and they're expecting it and you're just going to have to accept it. Sometimes it's just not in your cards that year and just take everything that just pisses you off and turn it into something positive. Absolutely. Make it a learning experience some way, somehow. Uh, And it's hard to do that when you're feeling down on yourself and you're beating yourself up and life's not perfect. I don't know, dude, it's, it's all kind of cliched stuff, but at the time you don't want to hear it. And, and now it's just like, yeah, you're right. I had Chris in my ear all year. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to kill one. I was to a point where I was like, shut up. No, it ain't, <laughs> you know, like, leave me alone. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, dude. Just tell me that it's not going to happen this year. So I can freaking stop waking up and freezing my ass off. <laughs> well, and that that's, that's the bugger about it all is that you're like, your brain sits there and says like, I want, I want my, I want this 
thing to be like solidified in my head. I don't want hope because it's hope that kills me right now. If if I if I knew it just wasn't going to happen and I had people confirm it for me, then I I could I could put this to rest. But then your brain's not going to let that happen, and Mm-mm. the situations aren't going to let that happen because that's not reality. And it, it's I, I'm glad to hear that because there's some guys you miss a buck like that and they're wrecked for the entire year. Like they're not going back out. Deer season's done at that point. Um, you know, I I joked with my wife earlier this year um i shot a buck on on private with a rifle but the the sight was off and i i thought i lost a deer and i said deer season's over i'm done and like kind of half-heartedly joking about it but partially serious like i was sick to my stomach and i went back out the next day and my wife's like what are you doing i'm like well, I got to go, I got to go kill a deer. She goes, you said deer season was done. I was like, that was in the moment. Like you have to understand. It's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like, she's a, she's a UK fan. It's like, it'd be like you. I know, I know, I know, man. (laughs) I know. Um, Like it'd be like you screaming and saying, I'm done with the, with the cats unless they fire cow knowing damn good and well, you're going to turn on the game on Tuesday and watch the game. (laughs) Yeah. they, They need to fire him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But they, they don't understand. They, they don't, they don't. And that's okay. And that's okay. Can't, and you can't, ex- you can't expect them to. No, no. And I don't know why the hell my wife needs 14 different God dang colored tumblers. I have no <laughs> idea, but she does. You know, I don't, I don't question why. I mean, I do question why, but you know, I can't do nothing about it. No, no, you can't. And it's, it's, it's good that we all have our own things and we all kind of have these thoughts running through our heads on a regular basis too. So man, uh, any other words of wisdom? Yeah. Everybody get your butt to the mobile hunter expo this year. One of the three shows. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jacob's going to be there and we're going to have a great time. We're going to be at, uh, Dalton, Georgia, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the Nor'easter, which is our new one, up in Mannheim, PA, right outside Lancaster. All three of them are going to be awesome times. I can't, I mean, I can't wait for them. I you can wait. find me at the Whiskey Cowgirl on the <laughs> Dalton, Georgia show. Golly, on the on the bull, on the bull on again. The, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shirt tied up in a bra. <laughs> well, man. Um, Everyone, this has been the Mobile Hunter Podcast. Jacob Embry has been nice enough to sit down and talk about his anatomy of a miss tonight. Jacob, thanks again. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. The best way you can support the podcast is by sharing online and with your buddies at Deer Camp. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and leave us a five-star review.